Hello, I'm Molly Cooper and this is a Snapshot episode where we bring you inside scoops from the travel, design and creative spheres. It's the same Creator Spaces content, now in Coffee Break Conversations. In today's Snapshot episode, we're talking Antiques 101 with everything you need to know about sourcing vintage and unique pieces for your home. I'm super excited to welcome Katie Ridges from Vantage Living, who comes from a family of antique dealers and whose past life as a fashion designer has given her a unique perspective when it comes to finding pre-used pieces. Katie, welcome to Creator Spaces. How are you doing today? Um, great. Thank you so much for having me. It'd be really nice to chat. I've really been looking forward to this chat because I've been all over the place recently, but this theme keeps popping up, which is buying pre-used, pre-loved, antiques, retro, vintage, whatever you want to call it, buying old pieces and giving them new life. So I can't wait to get into this. Um, But first, let's talk a bit about you and your background and how you've ended up at Vantage Living. Um, So my background is in fashion, as you've mentioned. I was specifically was in footwear design um, and I was designing for roughly about 13 years. um, And within that, I did a bit of brand building. I worked with small brands. So I kind of covered a very varied um, array of skills. So it would not just be design, it would be design, it would be product development, and it would be brand building and promotion. So there was a real really kind of relatable translatable set of skills that I could bring into what I'm doing now um and my father and my brother are both antiques dealers so this has been around me for for my whole life really um and when I was living in London I shared a studio with my brother and he would be bringing in all these amazing pieces of furniture um and curious objects and it would just it really it resonated and I really love the whole process process of it. I loved watching him bring the pieces in, tell me where he found them, who he's going to sell them to, how much he's making. Like the whole thing was really exciting. So that kind of, it really rubbed off on me. Um, and like I say, I've been going to Brocons and antiques fairs forever. Um, and whenever I was designing, I would always really lean towards pieces that had longevity so my design handle is very much it, it's not fast fashion it's I, I did male men's footwear so it's a slower speed and I always look for the details of things and I always wanted things to last and I'd find myself looking in the archives of um footwear archives and going to antiques fairs anyway to find references so I was kind of always picking up a bit of an interest for this treasure hunting thing anyway so um yeah so eventually it kind of hit and in lockdown I my footwear design sort of slowed down a bit I've got two kids I was at home a lot um and I started very slowly buying and selling things and um, just things that kind of caught my eye um and I was trying to curate them in a way that was very relatable to bringing them into your home it wasn't just an object for sale it was an object here's what you can do with it and this is what you could style it with um and then from there on it kind of took off (laughs) yeah and it's so exciting and I I kind of spoke about it just then but it does feel like having such a moment and people are really embracing like 70s is everywhere but I think there's this huge preconception around antiques like you say the word antiques and certain images come to mind um not necessarily thought of as like the most accessible of you know 
retail therapies. Um, so we'd love to hear a bit about your take on that and how Antiques is having this new moment in for a very new audience. Well, I think, I mean, for me personally, I've always, it's always been around me, but I definitely do see um, a, it being opened up to a whole huge new audience. Um, that's a little bit to do with Instagram. It's a little bit to do with the people who are starting to buy and sell these things. Um, I guess there's a bit of a preconception that maybe, maybe we grew up watching the Antiques Roadshow. I know I did. And I know who I was watching and it wasn't the people that, are buying my items so it's a really really a wider network of people now and like myself during lockdown there were a lot of people who had a bit of time to step back from their day-to-day -day careers it gave me the chance to think right how can I do this a bit differently because if I was watching something like the antiques ratio it just seems so it's so stuffy and it's very I mean it's informative and it's purist but it's not exciting and it's not I can't I can't visualize how I'm going to bring those beautiful incredible antiques into my home and that was the bridge that seemed very obvious to me that needed to be connected and I think a lot of people have figured that out at a similar time um we're also there's a lot of people who have I mean like again myself coming from a fashion background I was getting a little bit kind of I don't know tired of how much waste there is and how much unnecessary waste there is and you know doing something like this felt a little bit more my conscience was not you know it was at ease a little bit more because why shouldn't be we, we be reusing things you look at um the high street stores like zara home or h&m home so her home who are beautifully curated but just terrible in the way they're produced and and it's it's so it's fast, fast furniture, fast interiors is so much worse. It's almost as worse or worse than fast fashion. And so why are we doing this? I mean, if you look at the designs of a lot of these high street furniture and interiors companies, they are, you know, they're all based on vintage. It's like fashion. It's always based on something else. So why are we not using what we have? It's kind of crazy to me. So it just felt that a, people don't have the time to look for antiques or vintage or whatever it is you want to call it. Um, and they can't quite get their head around it not being perfect. So it felt like there just needed to be a bit more of an introduction to those customers who are a little bit more hesitant. And um, and so during COVID, there was this huge influx influx of people selling online again um, on, on, in, on Instagram. Having said that, there are people like my brother who has been doing this for his entire life. He's been doing it for years. And that's so interesting, isn't it? That you can literally be from the same family and the same background and have such different perspectives and approaches to how you find and source and curate. And like, what are you looking for when you are finding pieces in a way that your brother's looking for something different? Is it location where it's come from? Is it age? Is it the type of thing you're buying? Like what sets those different buckets apart? So I guess um, when I'm sourcing items, I'm coming at it from a very aesthetic angle. So I'll be looking at what key interior designers are doing in their interiors. I'll be looking to see if I can spot trends which is kind of honing in back into my fashion background. That's kind of what I did there. I try to, I try to not too much rely on the trends, 
but like there is with anything there's many things that are favored um with my brother with sam with my dad they tend to come at it from a slightly more purist angle so they would be looking more so at the provenance of something or the or the collectability of something and it's just but we kind of meet in the middle really and they'll be crossovers of what I buy and what they buy and interests of one another everybody kind of specializes in something um but I definitely do lean on to a more aesthetic situation and I tend to go over to France and Belgium and where you're going in the world will depend on the sort of thing you're finding as well yeah that's super interesting so I'd love to know like how it works you kind of spoke about it then like different countries offer different things and like you can really curate what you're looking for depending on where you're going I'd love to know just how that whole thing works yeah so I my father lives in Brittany in France so we have been going over to France since I was you know since I was tiny um and we'd go to all the lovely brocants and treasure hunts and what you're finding in northern France is very different to what you're finding in southern France you know there's a, a clear kind of if you think about when you're in southern France you're not far from Spain there's a lot of kind of influences you'd be finding what would you be finding you'd be finding more kind of gold sun mirrors in southern France or um, rope lamps and in northern France you're going to be looking a little bit more of darker furniture you're probably finding bobbin stools and bobbin shelves and it's it it kind of it depends on where you're kind of what neighboring country you're with so I tend to source a lot in northern France and that's because a that's where my dad lives b I live in Kent um, near Dover so it's very easy to get across the channel from here um, and really I can nip over to France as quickly as I can back to where I'm from which is Dorset so it's um it's very easy to kind of do that um I also have people who source for me in Belgium so I've made connections over the last few years with people um who know my aesthetic and they hunt out the things that I'd be looking for um and I kind of give them a yes or no and then they bring it all over which is amazing <laughs> um but my passion true passion is doing the hunting myself and I absolutely love getting up at the crack of dawn and not knowing what you're going to bring home and just going for it is the most exciting thing and what's so nice is that now having done this for a few years and obviously having my family in the trade as well it's a where me and my family will all meet up which is brilliant um and b I kind of start to see familiar faces and there are just there's a really nice community um and that's something that I kind of, I really needed after COVID and also after working freelance for so long. I just, I really miss that community and I found it in this, which is really um, a nice upshot of the whole thing. <laughs> that's amazing. And I guess, how would you recommend that somebody, maybe they've moved house, maybe they're listening to this and they're like, hmm, I want to get in that community. Like, how can people get started? Um, were there any good resources or top tips you'd have for them? Well, I guess my main, whether you're sourcing for your home or whether you're looking to start buying and selling antiques or, or resale, um, always stick to what you love. You know, you want to be true to your own aesthetic because you're always going to see those things first. You're going to see the things that jump out at you. And also, you know, you want to stand out from the rest of the crowd. There is, there are a lot of dealers now out there doing this and there are some really amazing people bringing some really interesting um unique pieces of furniture and interesting objects to the market and 
you know, those are the people that stand out. Um, you know, you want to carve your own way. It's, you know, building a brand is, is that in itself. You need to have your USP. So um, I would always say, look for the things that sing. Um, then do your research. I mean, we've got some amazing fairs in the UK, so it's a really good place to start. They're all over the country. They're frequent. Um, and as long as you are ready to get up early and go and hunt, um, it's just so much fun. And, you know, you don't have to start big. Take your car, go in with a friend. There's uh, Sunbury Antiques Market, which is a, like a, an hour outside London. It's really easy if you just want to kind of try and dip your toe into this market. Um, I would say that's it tends to be a little bit more expensive and it is where all your kind of it's quite competitive because it's the easiest one to get to from London. Um, but there are some others that are great all over the country. So it's well worth looking into. Um, and then, yeah, going over to France, there are some fantastic brocons. I mean, I personally, if I was just starting out, I would definitely tie it in with a, um, with a little holiday, with a weekend break, because you just want to take the pressure off a bit. You know, there are some great places to stay all around um, Normandy. And then there are some fantastic, even the shops, um, you can kind of do a little map and do a bit of a road trip, just having a look around the French shops. It's a great place to start. Um, I mean, I just started doing this. I set up my Instagram account and I hadn't really any expectation for it. And it's really evolved over the last couple of years. It's really, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like if you start in a very rigid way, if you start in a way where you think, this is what I want to be selling, this is who I want to be selling to, there's you need to be a little flexible because you need to evolve and I think that um from looking back at what I was initially selling to what I'm selling now it's it's miles apart and I think that's a great thing it shows progress mm -hmm. so you can do a real world sourcing or you can have a scroll through your Instagram or other pages and uh, get the same experience from the comfort of your own sofa you say yeah, so I think if you are if you're buying for your home, there are some fantastic Instagram sellers. We um, I also run a market with my brother Sam, and um, so we start again. This was started during lockdown. Um, it's something that Sam started, and then I came on board a little later. Um, and it's called the Spotlight Market. We hold it once every two to three months in East London, um, in Clapton, and we've basically pulled together some of our favourite dealers. These dealers kind of span a whole array of categories, of specialities. They may be a little younger. They may be newer to the trade. They may have been in the trade for 30 years. Um, but we really try to gather people who bring something different. So every brand has something unique. Um, so you're not going there and seeing... It's not like you're going to a mid-century show where everything's the same. You're not coming to... A flea market you're coming to a curated event um and that's a really good place to come as well i mean you can come and see everything in one go um and the nice thing about the spotlight market is that everything is so carefully curated by our dealers they're not bringing any tap they're bringing the best <laughs> um so it's a really good place to come sourcing as well yeah, go and get some inspiration, get a feel for your for your vibe. I love it. Oh, well, it's been such a pleasure chatting. I feel like I want to go dive into Brocant straight away. Um, before we do go, I do have a round of quick fire questions for you. 
Um, so let's give them a go. Number one, how would you describe your personal aesthetic in three words? My personal aesthetic, it is, let me think, it is classic with a bit of a twist. It's a bit playful, but uh, with a dash of colour. Oh, love that. Great answer. Okay. And what is your favourite or go-to Brocon or market? My favourite, so I didn't, I don't think I could put one, but my favourite type of Brocons would be the, the, the smallest ones that you stumble across in a completely obscure place. So the nice thing about having my dad in France is that I can stay with him for a week and we can just shoot off to all the little towns and we can find the little Brocons because you find the most exciting things there. Um you, when you go to the bigger brocons, sometimes you are kind of expecting, you're expecting to find certain things. Um, but yeah, it's the unexpected, the smaller brocons that I love the most. Excellent. Okay. And then your ultimate interior design inspo. It could be a person or place or anything you like. Well, I love Beata Human because just because I think she does, she does colour with sophistication. I also love Studio Ashby for similar reasons. I think they have, Sophie just has such a fantastic eye. It's, it's very sophisticated, but it's also super playful. And I feel like that's, that's kind of how I try to lead my curation. Um, so yeah, I'd say those two. Love it. Okay. And then what is one piece of great advice that you were given about sourcing antiques or vintage furniture? Um, always buy what you love. It's simple. It's so simple. <laughs> and then do you have a go-to home accessory? Okay, well, there are a few. <laughs> but my easiest purchase and most useful purchase would be a stool. A little stool. You can put them by the bath. You can put them by your chair. Um, and, yeah, you can take them all over the place. And you can never have too many stools. You can never have too many stools. Excellent. I need to put one on my Christmas list then. And what's the best piece you ever found? Well, I think one of my favourite pieces was a massive artwork that I bought in um, Le Mans in France. And I was there with my dad, actually. And I went, I saw this beautiful abstract artwork, very text, textured. It was by um, a French artist. He was well recorded. And I asked the dealer how much it was he gave me an insanely high price and then I sent my dad over and uh yeah he got me a really good deal and I never sold it because I couldn't part with it and it's on my wall and I've so many people have asked to buy it but I can't let it go now it's here it's yours it's found a home with you and then what is your favorite trend at the moment my favorite trend so I love a travertine table I love stone I have always loved natural materials so I think that that kind of that feels like a more sustainable trend to to me um I also love it because they you can find um, marble and stone coffee tables and travertine you know it's quite you can commonly source it um and I think you should and I think if there was any one piece you were ever going to buy vintage or resale um, it would be that because so many of the high street stores are doing them new and it's so damaging. So you absolutely have to buy them. 
secondhand. <laughs> you, you just you just have to. There's no excuse because they're out there. <laughs> Everyone listening, there is no excuse. <laughs> Finally, looking ahead to 2024, are there any trends or items that you think are going to be big? I mean, we've seen a lot of um, we've seen a lot of sun mirrors, a lot like a lot of the 90s kind of obscure metalwork pieces coming. I was actually watching Friends the other day. Um, and it, I, I was just looking at the interiors thinking, gosh, everything in that iconic apartment is actually coming back. All the swirly pots and the curly metalwork and it's all, it's all there. So yeah, I think we'll be seeing a lot more of that going forward to next year. I love it. Okay, so on that note, if you're looking for a fashion trend, look back at Friends. There you go. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming on, Katie. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. I can't wait to get started on my antique journey. Yeah, get out there. It's, it's fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this Snapshot Conversation. For more Curated Spaces content, head to our website, Instagram, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.